to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is football and random things here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Recording as always in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. Looking to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle. Carl Chevrolet, Carl Chevrolet of Stewart are the best options in central Iowa. You can find out more information at carlchevrolet.com or carlchevroletstewart.com or you could check out their lots at exit 90 off I-35 in Ankeny at The Rock or at Carl Chevrolet Stewart. All you got to do is drive on I-80 and you'll see it right there on the side of the interstate. Today is a, it's a sad, disappointed fart. Yeah, I told you that I was going to get a sad violin sound, maybe, a, maybe some rain just to play in the us. background. Make this a long, wet episode of fart, <laughs> just like Saturday's game. <laughs> Nothing worse than a really long, really wet fart. But some might think that it's good. I would rather experience a long, wet episode of Football Random Things than a six-hour football game. That was, um, I normally don't get, get bored in a stadium, but I got bored. I was, like, bored to the max. <laughs> I mean, w- there's only so many things you can do after the first rain delay is over. You're like, all right, well, we, we did it. We made it. We got through it. And then they, all right, all right we're having another one. And then... I mean, we're in the box. So I was going like, to say, there's only so many things you can do in a 60-yard by, like, 20-yard box. And, like, I left, but then it started pouring, and you can't. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to go out to the tailgate lots and then come back, maybe? Yeah. But, no, like, just stayed in there. And so we're high enough up in the, in the, the second row or second level of the box that you can kind of see over the stadium. And there is, you know, a lightning strike happens. And I don't think there was like an audible groan, but there's like a collective, oh my God. Like when you could see lightning happen yeah. on the other side of the stadium. I think I learned some new words when Randy Peterson reacted to the, I think it was the second uh, delay. The things, some of the words that he had to say. <laughs> in Randy's reaction. a true East Sider man. Yeah, I, full lexicon of like, East Side vernacular. Like I said, I think I might have learned some new words. I don't know if any of them are ones that I could repeat here <laughs> I don't on the think podcast. Any of them would be the ones you can no, say here. No, I love my guys in the media. I love, I love each and every one of them. But when you are stuck in a glass box with them for that many hours, <laughs> you know, I, I like to think that I'm a pretty even person, pretty even keeled, pretty. Hard to get me mad enough that I would legitimately want to kill someone. If I would have had to sit in that box with those guys for maybe two like more two hours, hours two longer, more hours. we would have gone into some dangerous territory. I would have, I would have been in danger of doing some very bad things. It'd be like taking a road trip with your coworkers for, to like Western Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, I've taken like I road tripped with Chris and Rob. Well, to I, Memphis. your coworker, you like your coworkers a yeah. lot. It would be like if you're, it's. It's like if you had to get into a car with. It's like taking an Uber. Yeah. Like taking an Uber to Western Nebraska, like an Uber XL, like one of the ones where you're sitting with strangers for a little bit. Yeah. An Uber. What is it? Uber share or like Uber or whatever uh, it is. Uber carpool. Yeah. Where you're going, but you're going to Vermilion. (laughs) You're going to, you're going to Scott's Bluff. (laughs) For for like seven hours. What do what do you think the odds are that you could ever get an Uber pool and two people would be going to Scott's Bluff at the same time? <laughs> oh, oh, you're going there too. Cool. Like, well, no, only three I, there. I'm actually going to Grand Island. Can you guys uh-huh. drop me off on the way? Sorry, no, can't do it. Too far out of the way. Oh man, but uh, we'll talk a lot about Saturday's game. Obviously, lots of things to react to. Lots of good. The game felt like it lasted a lifetime. I mean, it kind of did. It did. It kind of did. By the time I got home Saturday night, I was talking to my dad on the phone. And I was like, dude, it feels like this game started like two months ago. Mm-hmm. I don't even hardly remember the first drive. Well, and the, the <laughs> we can get more into it after, after the break. But it was funny because like the timing of when the breaks happened was, I don't know, it felt like just a really long commercial break. Yeah. And then immediately after the first drive, yeah, immediately after the first drive when they came back, they took a, they literally did take a commercial break. After, yeah. the, after like a two-hour rain delay, they took a TV timeout immediately. <laughs> like you didn't get enough time to shove those commercials in there, Fox? Well, I would have thought that they were trying to get the game over with so that they could get the other game that they had to bump off of Fox Sports 1 onto Fox Business back to Fox Sports 1. It was like, all right, we're going straight through. We're going old school right now. Nope. 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 Fox Sports 1 is, does not do it that way, apparently. Nope. But we'll talk more about the Iowa State 18-17 Cyhawk loss to University of Iowa. When we come back on Football and Random Things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. 
right now at Flooring America. Save store-wide on beautiful long-lasting floors like high-performance Resist-A-Carpet and waterproof luxury vinyl. Plus, buy with 30 months interest-free financing now at Flooring America. Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, if you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NMS. LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to Football and Random Things. Where should we start, Jeff? Uh, just the one little funny thing about the rain delay since we were kind of talking about it before the break. Um, it, Iowa relies on wearing you down. Like re- relying on the fact that if you go three and out, even if they don't score, if they go drive, punt, you mm-hmm. go three and out, and they go drive, punt, and then you go three and out again, they've probably been on the field for 12 minutes in those two punts. Yeah. And so they rely on the fact of you, by the end of the game, just wearing out. And Iowa State, for the most part, resisted that. They made some mental mistakes by the end of it, but for the most part, they resisted it. And it was just funny because the first time that Iowa State had, I, the Iowa State defense had to take the field for back-to-back drives was, I believe, the very end of the second quarter, yeah. and they immediately got halftime to get a break because it was Iowa had a seven-and-a-half-minute opening drive, mm-hmm. which ended in a field goal. Great job of the Iowa State defense, bowing up, stopping them. They get, back, or they get the ball to Iowa State. Iowa State gets one play and takes a 49-minute rain delay. So the Iowa State defense had almost an hour in between the first and second drive they had to take. Yeah, because then Iowa State did score a touchdown. And they scored a touchdown. And then they came back out and they ran two drives. Iowa had one drive, I think, resulted in a punt. And then they had another drive that resulted, I believe, in a field goal or vice versa. No, it was another punt. Another punt. So punt, punt. And Iowa State gets back on the field. Iowa State punts it back to them. They come back and... Then Iowa State gets the ball again and another break. And this one's two hours long. Yeah. So they go one drive, hour break, two drives, two hour break. And then they come back for halftime, go two drives, halftime. And so like the first, they didn't have to go consecutively. So I don't know if it benefited Iowa State. I just thought it was funny because that like, we're going to wear you down thing. It's like, you know what? I'm going to go take a timeout. I'm going to go sleep. I might take a nap, uh, go rest, recover, go get a spa day and then come back on the field. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I mean, another aspect of that, I think, is that when Iowa State was able to really rotate those guys, and they did a lot, mm-hmm. I was not going to face many teams, I think, that can rotate no. defensive linemen and linebackers, and linebackers mm-hmm. to the level that Iowa State was able to. And one thing I noticed about that rotation is they started rotating any and Bailey with Johnson, yeah. and they put Ray in with Leo and Peterson. So they would kind of split their ones to make like a one and a half and a one and a half, yeah. um, which I, I think was probably a more beneficial because you felt in the first few drives, um, when they did swap out their, uh, you know, all three, and they, the, the hockey line change, and they went Johnson, Leo, uh, Peterson, Iowa had a lot easier time moving. But then you split those guys, and you have – you know, you're like I said, you're your starter and then two backups or vice versa, two starters and one backup. Um, then the, the it became really consistent. And when they really needed a like when they really needed a stop, when it was a critical time, they'd throw all three of their starters in, assuming that they were fresh enough. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they could leave Johnson out there and, and it'd be fine. But yeah, I mean, to your point, the thing that Iowa relies on is that they are going to grind you into a pulp and eventually you're going to be too busy trying to breathe yeah. to know where to fit on defense. Right. And that just didn't really happen for the first time in a while. I mean, Iowa, a lot of times will do that to Iowa State. It didn't happen. Iowa State just shot themselves so hard in the foot so many times by the end of the game. Well, you know what's actually crazy, and I, I noticed this during the game, and you and I kind of talked about it during the game, but then I noticed it again during my rewatch. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, Iowa's defensive line was shot. Yep. Those guys were gashed. They didn't, because they didn't substitute. They don't have any depth. They don't have any depth. And, no. But that's what, that's where when Iowa State got onto that last drive that ultimately ended in the fourth and 13 mm-hmm. hold slash pass interference, which we'll come back to obviously later, but where they, 
I almost feel like they should have kept running the ball. And it, they kind of got messed up by the fact that Brock slipped on that one. Right. That, that, that would have gotten back them behind the chains. Granted, it probably wouldn't have been that great of a play, but they were, I, I think at that point they were playing for four downs yeah. uh, in that range of, range of the, range of the field because Asali doesn't have a 55-yarder in the tank. Right. Um, so I think they were trying to play for four downs to get them closer. And so as long as they didn't take a five-yard loss like that happened, and it would have been maybe a three-yard gain. It's not a magnificent play, yeah. but fourth and seven is pretty doable against that Iowa defense because they're going to do one of two things. Well, one of three things. They're going to run straight up cover two like they have 70% of the snaps previously, which I'm going to take a slight detour and come back to this point. I want to be as PC, and I've talked to Hawkeye fans here, like, because I, I, I went to the gym this morning, I coached a couple times, and talking to the Hawkeye fans, a couple guys that played it, or one of the guys that played at Iowa, um, another guy's just a really diehard fan, and I said this, and they agreed it wasn't, wasn't offensive, so again, taking my cardinal glasses off, Iowa's secondary, that game was bad. Not okay, not kind of okay, not they're gonna, they'll figure it out, they were bad, and Iowa State capitalized sometimes, but they also missed a few opportunities when they could have taken more advantage. Um, and on that drive, they were counting on the fact that if they did get into a fourth and seven situation with an already fatigued defensive line, they could do pretty much whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is when you're fourth and 15 and they bring in that amoeba defense, you've got, they're going to bring six. And of them, that's their six best pass rushers they have healthy, yeah. whether they're linebackers, defensive linemen, defensive ends, whatever. They put their six best pass rushers in there and just float them around. And then eventually they're going to come. Somebody's in the A. They have a person in each A gap, person in each B gap, person in each C gap. And they just switch who's coming where. So that amoeba thing, it's not that hard to figure out, surprisingly. Like, you just got to assume that, like, I'm going to step to my left, and there's going to be a guy that shows up, and I'm going to block whoever shows up. So you just got to trust that you're going to do that. Um, but on, so on fourth and seven, fourth and six, they can't do that because they're straight up one-on-one -on -one coverage everywhere. Yeah. And so you can get rid of the ball right now, and you're going to get a completion on fourth and 15. They can run that. They can run that weird defense or they can bring pressure. So they were trying to just get themselves. I think in that last down and distance situation, when you're think, talking about running the ball, they're just going to get themselves in a situation where they could throw, get Purdy comfortable because I thought Brock Purdy had a phenomenal game again. Uh, just the one fumble, which I think that's sort of a shit happens fumble where mm -hmm. like he was going down and it got like, a, a ripe. I mean, you can squeeze it really, really tight, but eventually, I mean, sometimes it just happens. Yeah, that was just a big time play. Yeah, guy just reached his hand in there and punched just it out. Just punched it out, and like you, you can keep your elbow tighter and you can fix that, but it it's just one of those things. Like those fumbles are, it's not a it's not like an on an exchange where there's like a huge technical thing that you can fix. Well, and it's almost like the like if it had been a split second either way whether or not like whether he's on his feet more than what he was at that point or if he's already on the ground right. it doesn't matter but it's just at that one specific moment yep. where he's basically parallel with the ground yeah and it just happened to yeah hit. Yep. and it just happened to hit it's the ball. a shit happens thing yeah um but anyway yeah they when when purdy slipped they were probably again trying to advance to fourth and seven if they were to do that they could have ground out a lot more time because they didn't fear at the, at, I don't think at any point they feared Iowa's pass rush yeah. or feared their run defense that much. Yeah. We can come back to that too. Um, so it was, yeah, I, I think to your point, they could have and should have been running and they just, they didn't because they got backed up on that slip and then the, the phantom hold call. I think that's where we have to give a shout out to Kane Nwongwu. Six mm -hmm. carries for 54 yards. Mm -hmm. Dude looked, dude looked like what we've, you know, thought that he could he be his tough. entire career. He looks tough. He did, and he was running between the tackles. Yeah. That was by far the best I think he's ran as a running back since he's been at Iowa State. Yeah, if ever. And yeah. if he can consistently keep that going, there's your offense. Mm -hmm. And granted, Breeze and Johnny played pretty well. I mean, they weren't Did bad. Breeze even get a carry? I don't... I, I think he had I one. I think it was like one for like two yards. They played okay. It wasn't the best game that they've ever played. But with Kane in the game there is a different level of explosion that exists. And his big knock when, when like prior to this game was really that he didn't like to get really physical. He didn't like to kind of, you know, throw his shoulder down into a linebacker and get that extra seven feet or sitting like not seven feet, like one foot uh, into the tackle. He would just outrun people. Well, he did that. So that was, that was one of the, the more positives on the, in the Iowa or Iowa state offense was Kanae Nwongo being able to run. 
Yeah, I mean, he had at least one or two runs where he was basically one block away mm-hmm. from going to the house. Like one receiver block. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, one second level block away from going to the house. And he's going to bust one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if he busted one this week yeah. against, against UL Monroe. It's just a matter of making sure that he stays healthy, making sure he stays comfortable, right. that he knows what he's seeing, because then you can, you know, you can, if, that dude, if that dude can cut it loose, <clears throat> I mean, you guys have kind of seen it, um, you know, obviously in the kick return touchdown that he had, or touchdowns, touchdown, singular. Uh, uh, I think he's had two in his two. career. Um, but you've seen it with how I much think. explosion he's had in that yeah. area, but we haven't seen a ton of it yet in, on offense, just because of, again, fit and health. Um, but his... That type of even an interior run when he goes, all right, time to go, boom, snap, and he's going. That's that's a different level. Yeah, he's the only guy for Iowa State that was. Well, I mean, Brees had one carry for zero yards, but Kane was the only guy who did not have a rush for a loss. Uh, the only thing that I'll say is that if you're going to use him in that running back role, and you are not going to use him as a kick returner. I feel like you really got to take advantage of him because that eliminates a pretty major weapon that you have in your special teams. And Iowa State's kick return team on Saturday was straight boo-boo. Boo-boo. Okay. A lot to actually unpack there. So... Kane not being on the kick return team, I think, says something about what they're going to try and they're, what they're trying to do with him, which is get him healthy. Yeah. And I, I don't know what, what shoulder was the thing that was. Yeah, and that's what Matt Campbell said is it's they they felt like Johnny had been the one working back there the last couple of weeks. It's like they might so they kind of mm-hmm. stuck with them. Well, and but the you collisions have, the collisions yeah. on special teams, especially on kick return, a dude is running seventy yards yeah. at full speed and he's going to try and break down, but he's still coming real hard. And if you already have a bum shoulder, those collisions can be pretty strong. Um, the other thing that I will say about this, and I think this this will play itself out a lot throughout the season, um, and, and it will quickly rectify itself. There's a rule change that happened this offseason that I don't think a lot of people know about, and I think that's part of the reason why this the, why the kick return game was so trash is because it's going to be trash. Well, it's designed to be trash. They don't want you to. They don't want the you kicks. to return the kicks. So what happened is the NCAA instituted a rule where a two man wedge is now illegal. If yeah. you are side by side with another person. It is, a, I believe, a 15-yard penalty, just like it's a personal foul. And so you cannot go side-by-side side with another blocker. Every single block on the field has to be an isolation single block. The problem with that is there is so, it is so now super hard to get any leverage as a blocker on, for my returner because that gives – since every block is a single block – and you're playing in a wide open space. It's like standing in the middle of your front yard and telling somebody not to get to the front door. Like, where can you not go? I don't know, anywhere. So the, the rule change they had now makes it so every kick cover guy can go to the right or to the left of the, return, or of the blocker, which means that wedge, you could have one guy going to the right, one guy going to the left, right in the middle of them, and all of a sudden the, the guys are right in the returner's lap. So that is going to take some adjustment because based on like the, t- the returner, so Johnny, the returner is going based on feel. If the ball is high enough, there's the other returner, which I think is Sheldon. The other returner, if it's deep enough in the end zone, he's going to like be w- looking back at the returner and giving him the stop sign and say like, hey, don't run it back out. If it's on the border though, like it's one yard deep, then the, it's up to the returner to decide whether ret- to return it or not. Based on feel, in every single year that this dude has played football for his entire life, two-man wedges have been illegal. So the feel, once he catches it, is I've got protection in this pocket right behind these two guys. This rule has changed, which means the farthest in, in two games so far, the farthest return that anybody has had for Iowa State, Kane or Johnny, is out to the 24-yard line that has been caught and run. So every other return has either been out of bounds or it's been a touchback, which goes back to the 25. So Iowa State's kick return unit and every other team in the country is still getting used to the feel being different. So I don't fault him too much for that one that was a really big special teams gaffe. I don't fault him too much now for returning that the way that he did. But... That big special teams gaffe that we're talking about, um, well, one of the big special teams gaffes that we're talking about. We'll talk about the other one later. It was, I think, I think, so I wrote my register thing on this. Uh, so it, I think it was 2.06 left in the third quarter. Iowa just kicked a field goal to bring it from 14 to 6 to 14 to 9. And Iowa State, at that time, I think I looked over to you and said, like, this is a big drive. It's a big opportunity. Because Iowa had 
it was a 12 play drive they just got done on and they were held to a field goal which is kind of like Iowa State flexing their muscles being like you're not going to score we've got the if we get a two score lead or a, a, a more than a touchdown lead it doesn't matter you're not going to score mm-hmm. and so the opportunity with the defense flexing and stopping Iowa with them advancing down the field because again Iowa relies on physicality and that we're going to move you regardless Iowa State had the chance then to get the ball and progress down the field Johnny returns it to the 12 because the new kick return rules don't allow anyone to actually set up a return. So he doesn't have a good feel for it. It would have been a better idea to take the touchback, which after this kick happened, every single one of them was a fair catch or a touchback. Every single one, not even, I mean, right as soon as the ball, like as soon as the kicker's foot hit the ball, Johnny's hand went up in the air. Yeah. So you know, that was that mistake had taught them something. So because of that rule change made Johnny's alertness change, which the coaches wouldn't, if they would have, wanted him to call a fair catch they would have told him just take a fair catch so it was it's not just like hey johnny lang did this wrong so let's not say that so anyway he returns it out to the 12 they get a holding call that takes it back to the six when you're on the six yard line i think i did another like little stat nerd dive basically if you your chances of scoring points are directly proportional to how far away from your own end zone you are in percentage points. So if you're on the 10 yard line, your own 10 yard line, meaning you have 90 yards to go, your chances of scoring points on that drive mathematically are about 10%, Mm -hmm. ending in a field goal or a touchdown. If you're on the 50, it's about 50-50, like 50% chance you could actually end up scoring. If you get the ball like Iowa did later in this sequence on the 25, with only 20 or it's on the plus 25 with only 25 yards to go your odds of scoring on that drive are three and four and i would say with iowa's kicking game it's probably higher than that so iowa state shot themselves really hard in the foot and the opportunity that they had to make it improve here's the again the silver lining on this you noticed immediately the lesson that was learned from screw up on special teams, immediately start calling the fair catch. That didn't happen again. Right. But it did happen at the time. So it was just, it was frustrating then that they had to incur that hit in this game, but you guaranteed sure that's not going to happen down the road because they learned the lesson, but it still happened sadly against Iowa. Yeah. And, and I looked up, I, I just looked up like average kick return statistics for college football this season. The leader, the national leader in average kick returns is like 36 yards or something like that. And it's one, and it's a team who has two kick returns for touchdowns, uh, Southern Mississippi. Mm. And if anybody's seen Southern Mississippi play, their kick returner for Southern Miss looks like the next Devin Hester. This dude's ridiculous. And uh, I wonder who they played. Well, yeah, one of them was like against Alcorn State. But this guy, I, I got to show you the video of this dude. I bet you probably didn't see it. But he looks like he, he catches the ball like at the 80, takes a false step backwards, and then literally runs in a straight line through everyone. <laughs> and no one ever, and, and, and you got to take into account, it is the fact, it is all corn state. But this man looks like everybody else on the field is, is standing still. Guarantee he will be playing for the Oakland Raiders within the next two years. (laughs) Draft the fastest guy. Doesn't matter. I have no idea what his name is, but uh, I'm willing to bet that he will be an Oakland Raider. Uh, But I looked at it. Iowa State, as of right now, is 98th in the country in average kick return at 17.25 yards per return. Right. And that includes... um, That includes a... The first one that Johnny did was bad too. Where he, I think he got to, like, to the fourteen. Yeah, to the fourteen, and then yep. the second one he got to the eleven, and it got taken back with a black in the back penalty. The I believe the um, the I'm willing to returns. Bet were, I believe the returns throughout the season they've had four that they've actually caught and returned back. I think they are twenty three, or they've returned to the twenty three, the fourteen, the twenty four, and the six. Yeah, every touchback goes up to the twenty five. I'm willing to bet that. That will be discussed in practice this week, where it's like, unless you are 100% sure that you are going to get good yards, and like 100% sure is like half the kick return team, or the kick kicking team falls down, then you need to just wave your hand and right take, away take the fair catch. Yep, right away. Or the kick goes out to like the seven. Yeah. Like the kick's on the seven yard line, you really only have to get like, you know, 18 yards, which is pretty quick. Yeah. So... And that's something I was talking to my 
to my buddy about yesterday during the NFL games where he, he asked me if what I thought would be the difference if uh, they did take kick returns out of the games. And I was like, man, I really don't think it'd make that much of a difference, especially in the NFL where the kickers just kick it straight through the back of the end zone every time anyway. It's like, at this point, it's basically all just a charade. It, right. It's to create the possibility that this could happen. But in whatever... 200 college football games or whatever there's been already this season, there's been like 10 kick returns for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. After all of the points. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the biggest miss, this biggest sequence of mismatch games. So I'm sure a lot of those are like Alabama against A&M Tech State. I could tell you. Uh, no. Anyway. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we shift, can, we we'll can, shift gears. We can get past that. Uh, shout out to the Iowa State defense. Again. Dudes did their job. Uh, right now, they are... They have allowed one touchdown in regulation. And you know when that one touchdown happened? It was, I believe that it was a seven play drive, but it was after they got, it was the kick return that came out to the six. The punt, it was a rugby style punt, which there was nothing innately wrong with that. Mm -hmm. It was good positioning by Iowa. It's like the equivalent of that. So what happened when they, so the, you know, the, the punter slow rugby rolls to his left, kicks a rugby punt, uh, Iowa catches it at like the 39, returns it to the 25, which that's terrific field position. The ki- that kind of correlated, like nothing was wrong about that play. It just happened. Like that's the risk you run with the rugby kick because if they position themselves correctly, it's sort of like a, you know, you, you're playing baseball and you just drill a line drive and the left fielder doesn't, left fielder doesn't even have to move. He just like catches it. Yeah. Like you hit it perfect. It was actually, it was fine. It just like another just shit happens. Like you, it's the risk you run by doing the rugby punt. I will position themselves really well. And then they end up taking the ball in the 25 from that point, from the 25 yard line in, I think it took Iowa seven plays and like five minutes to even get that, to get a sneak into the end zone, which was still really hard to earn. That's the only touchdown in two games. Northern or Iowa state has allowed in regulation. And even if you add that on top, add the ones in, uh, in overtime into that, the only drives that, or the only touchdowns that Iowa State has allowed have started on or inside the 25-yard line. Yeah, they're 13th in the country in yards per play right now, 3.97 yards real per good. play. Yeah, that's real good. I mean, the only people who are better than that are like Wisconsin's number one, 2.13 yards per play, which is real good. That you, you're not going to lose very many football games if you're giving up 2.3 yards per play, but Wisconsin also... I don't think has played a very good schedule. They've only Wisconsin's defense as as of through two games has faced 101 plays. Well, they yeah they take the air out of the ball on offense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 101 plays. Whereas UCF, like they're averaging 3.45, their defense allows 3.45, and they face 220 plays. So UCF probably a better defense than Wisconsin. Yeah, that's probably yeah. I mean, even Georgia like 3.84. So like, Iowa State's right up in there in being elite. Yeah. In the country, the top ten percent as good in as college we football, as good as we expected, uh, and the only thing that really was able to beat them, and like we're consistently, it's like you looked at it and it's like Iowa beat them right there. Was Nate Stanley just making some like that's a dude throw? Mm-hmm. The one it was like the third and twenty-seven play, yeah. which I think he threw that ball ninety-four miles an hour at the. I mean, it was decent coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and still, Iowa State played well-ish, and they played really well on defense, but they could have done better. Yeah. Where the, the pick that, again, it was, I think it was the same drive where that 27-yard completion happened at 3rd and 27 or whatever, um, hit one, one hit Rose in the chest. I mean, he played it perfectly. He hit him right in the chest. He just didn't catch it. And then the one with Lawrence White in the end zone, I think 89 got his hands on that and kind of popped the ball out, but still, it should have been. There was three guys right there. Yeah, it should have been. And then Daytron Young could have caught the ricochet. Yeah. So those could have been even better. Like they had a good game and they, they still have mistakes that they can fix. Um, and I would think Iowa State's offense, honestly, and we can get to this more after break, but I think Iowa State's offense, um, I, I thought played well and they had what, seven and a half, 7.7 per play, but they also, I'm pretty sure that's right. So they had what, 7%, 7.7 per play and they still left a lot on the table. Like they, they didn't attack as much as they could have, but in the, you know, per game situations, they were fine. It's, it was just special teams mistakes um, led to poor situations for them, and Iowa just made less mistakes or less severe mistakes. For sure. Yeah, we'll talk about the Iowa State offense. We come back. Football and random things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Check out our monthly specials at Floors Direct on carpet 
hardwood and luxury vinyl to save you even more. Bigger selection than the home centers, expert service, and always better value. Floors Direct. Say yes to paying less. Hello, Cyclone fanatics. It's Chris Williams, and you all know that Cyclone spirit is a force to be reckoned with. I want to tell you about something today, though. It's called Through the Forever True for Iowa State. It's a campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation. It's to raise donations that will benefit every aspect of the university. Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 81,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 27,000 first-time donors. So far, they have gifted more than $1.2 billion. The Cyclone energy is truly unstoppable. Now, this campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size and the impact it's been seen across campus from the Sukup South End Zone and the North End Zone construction to the thousands of students who receive scholarship support. You can learn more about this at forevertrueisu.com because the world needs more Cyclone Spirit. Welcome back to football and random things. Man, all last week, you know, we talked on on this podcast. I talked on other podcasts. Everybody out there was talking about how was Iowa State going to be able to slow down A.J. Epinesa. Iowa State's offensive line came through. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. The Iowa State's offensive line looked as good against the pass rush. That's as formidable as that one. And I know that they got tired and they, they were missing some guys. But it's been a while since you could walk out of there and feel like, man, that was either a wash or Iowa State might have even gotten the best of those guys. And I think they did it by um, – they, they went right at 94. Yeah, they the entire game. The entire game. Like, the, a lot of their run plays, even if they weren't um, – like, even if they weren't truly successful run plays, yeah. they were sending somebody or somebody's – at 94 to make him hold his ground. Right. And then by the time it got to be third down on the next set, you know, it's first down, second down, third down, first down, second down. And this is the first time he's really had a drop back opportunity. Dude's been run at four times and like, oh shoot, now like I got to go get the quarterback with no substitutes. He's just exhausted. Like they, they beat him by just, I mean, out, he out physical dim. Yeah. The Iowa State offense did a really, I mean, shout out Julian. I mean, oh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, Julian Good-Jones might have played the best game of his career. Mm-hmm. The dude was awesome. And Meeker played well, too. There was really only one time where it seemed like Epinesa was legitimately in danger of sacking Purdy, and Purdy made a hell of a play he to just, just duck spidey, out of it and get out of it. Spidey sensed his way out of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you, it, it, that guy will, probably will not face another team this entire season that does as good a job of handling him. Maybe Michigan? I don't know. Wisconsin? Wisconsin, yeah. I guess that's possible. I guess maybe when you get a guy like Adrian Martinez back there that can run, I don't know. Like that, that looks like, I don't know. It'll be tough for anybody else to handle them the way that they have. And, and I do think it was interesting. John Sears last night on sound off, and it's not that crazy of a statistic to note, but he did say, you know, we've talked about how much, how much about this Iowa pass rush in three games, they have two sacks. Mm -hmm. So is like, was some of that overblown? I think M- maybe a little bit how much we should be worried about that. Obviously, AJ Epines is a, a really good player, but I think Iowa State showed how good they can do with game planning to be able to counteract something like that as well. Yeah, and it, so let's come back to the other point that we talked about earlier with Iowa's secondary that was kind of trash. Yeah. Um, the the plays that they did well on, um, I, I mean, they they were systematically picking their way down the field. And they still had these big shot plays, like the double pass. Um, I was really susceptible to stuff like that. I mean, because, I mean, they tried it again. Because of the aggression that they play with because downhill? The, not aggression they play downhill, but also just because they play a very conservative cover two. Yeah. Where they play a very conservative cover two, it's half field. They play, the corner has to, like, how that play happened was they threw it to Deshante. Deshante was catching it as, it was a, as if it was a swing pass. The corner in a cover two has to play up to force. So if there is a, you know, if there's a swing pass that happens, the corner has to play down to it, which means the safety or the linebacker has to carry anything vertical beyond that. So you can't just like leave someone, let someone go. So the safety should have carried whatever vertical was going to be there. He didn't. 
because he was also trying to tackle it. So really, the corner did his job by trying to play up to Deshante. The safety needed to carry the vertical and not try and go tackle, but they have an inexperienced safety. So as soon as that one guy makes a mistake, the other safety that's on the other half of the field is like 40 yards away from where that ball could potentially even land. So as long as you fool one dude and don't get tackled by the time you throw it, you have that play in the bag. And the Tariq Milton play was a pretty much the same thing. I thought it was just like two posts. They ran a scissors concept, which means Tariq Milton was the guy that ended up catching it in the middle of the field. He started on the outside, ran forward, made a, like ran a post route, so ran towards the middle of the field. The number two receiver ran straight ahead and ran towards the corner. Right. So at the guy at the safety carried whoever the second receiver is and ran to the sideline with him. On the other side, I think Petway was the was the other receiver. Might have been uh, Darren Wilson. Is just going to run straight up the field and make the other safety carry him. And so one, you have two safeties back there. One of them is running towards the sideline with the number two receiver. One of them is running towards the sideline with the other number one receiver on the other side of the ball. Once Tariq Milton makes his cut, there's nobody there. And I thought that they could, I mean, you can run that play five times and it's going to hit probably three out of five, assuming that you can get the pass off. So there were, there were times when I thought they could be more aggressive like that um, because they were playing, Iowa plays this really conservative cover two. But they also, again, averaged 7.7 per play. They yeah. got themselves towards position. Their issues weren't in the open field. It was, again, in the, the red zone area or kind of the high red zone that they were starting to struggle. Yeah, and that's where in the press conference, the first question Matt Campbell was asked after the game, and I'm not going to say who it was, but was a, how do you fix the offensive line? And Coach Campbell's face was like, I mean, and, you know, I, I don't know. The person obviously isn't here to defend the question, but they're averaging 6.3 yards per play right now through two games, which is fine. I mean, for compared to especially what they've been in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, rushing, averaging... 4.3 yards per per attempt, mm-hmm. and they averaged 7.7 yards per game against Iowa on Saturday. I think that the offensive line probably played one of its best games that we've seen it play since West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would think so. And they're not going to run into a defense that or defense a defensive line or defensive front seven that is going to be as aggressive slash talented. Yeah. Uh, until they play Texas, that offensive line is going to beat up on some people. Mm-hmm. If that same group comes up and comes and plays to that level every week throughout the rest of the season, that looks like the kind of offensive line that Matt Campbell wants. Yeah. That's looking closer to being an offensive line that could win you a lot of football games. And the only, the only, again, the only problem that we saw on offense was the conversion in the same thing they struggled with against Northern Iowa and it was the same thing they struggled against, struggled with against Iowa, excuse me. It was third downs. They were three of nine. It's not good. Mm-hmm. They were in the red zone. I think they were one for one, but it was a field goal. Uh, and I don't think, and they were inside Iowa territory on every single one of their drives, except one, I believe. And they ended up punting three times in that territory. If again, those statistics, those numbers might be off, but they had two long touchdowns that were outside of 50 yards and they had a field goal that was their red zone, their, their red zone, their one for one red zone appearance. Right. And like the, the only thing I think you can knock them for is the fourth and three where they line up and Trevor Downing falls, he flinches in his stance, which Trevor Downing is playing in his first real game. The kid the, from Des Moines. Probably going to run from Creston. Yeah. Probably oh, going to probably going to yeah. run right off of his butt and he's jacked up trying to get this fourth and three. Yeah, man. It was like the second quarter, you know, what, whatever at that point. But other than that, like, I never would have ever put that loss on the offensive line. No. I don't think that anything like with that had to do anything with the offensive line. And it, and it comes down to, and this is what I wrote about after the game, where basically Iowa State tried to beat Iowa at its own game. That's basically exactly what they tried to do. And they, at the end of the day, they made like one more mistake than Iowa did yeah. in order to, for Iowa to win. And like that one more mistake was just big enough well, we can go to what that one more mistake was here in just a second. Mm-hmm. But the I do believe if they would have gotten the ball back with a minute and a half to go. Full confidence they would have gotten I think down. they would have won. Yep. Yeah, I really think that they would have won. Because I think they had all the momentum, regardless of the fact that they hadn't scored the time before. And momentum aside, they got Brock Purdy. Yeah. I mean, the dude is, you talk about kind of poise that we were hoping to see. 
the dude has it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's comfortable. Nothing that he does feels frenetic. You know what I mean? Like there's uh, you, you watch a guy and I think, I don't know the app, the most apt comparison in my mind is Baker Mayfield is the way that he plays is similar to Baker Mayfield. Now, obviously he's a re- he's a true sophomore and Baker Mayfield was a Heisman winning fifth year senior by the time we all remember what Baker Mayfield was. So, right. so I'm not saying that he is that, but the way that he plays is the same as the Baker Mayfield. And I think the other guy that comes to mind, and again, not the comparison is Aaron Rodgers, is that you never watch them play. And even if they're scrambling, you never be like, oh shoot, something bad's going to happen where you're, they always feel in control of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So Purdy being that guy, that personality, if that, again, it's hypothetical, but if they were to have just fair caught that ball on the way down, Iowa's defense is exhausted. They're playing again, again, a, a, a less than quality secondary and the defensive line has no substitutes. So there's probably not going to be a ton of pass rushes or a ton of pass rushing. Can we go back to what the hell was Iowa doing on that last possession that they had? Um, I don't think that it was innately a bad call. It was the tight ends bad for not yeah. getting down so like the the that's going for the jugular i yeah. i totally get it they're kind of i think campbell would have made us a, a similar decision on that play call it's third and six or seven or something like that you're probably not going to run it and get get the first down but you or third and five so you're you're probably not going to run it to get the first down but like a play action is not all that effective you know that there's going to be some type of contested play you just figure that if you bury it to your tight end on some kind of like play action boot that he can kind of fall forward get the first down and then once you get the first down that's 40 seconds times four they would have won the game yeah. game's done they're going for the jugular there don't give it back to brock purdy it makes sense to make that call the problem is is that to tight end i like to say like make yourself dead weight like yeah. if you know that you're going towards the sideline in that situation you just become you squeeze the ball as hard as you physically can but those are the only muscles in your body that work like you try and drive yourself to the ground and if they do pick you up and they're carrying you backwards your forward progress is going to be where you started going limp and they rule the clock keep rolling but he didn't do that he kept like trying to fight for yards buddy, you're three yards behind the sticks. It's not close. Yeah. Like get your ass down. So Iowa trying to piss it down their leg. It's just Iowa state pissed it down their leg more one play later. I mean, I think anybody who watched the Broncos bears game yesterday that saw what Allen Robinson did, like on their last play where he caught the ball, looked like he started to think about he was going to run. There's three seconds on the clock. He's like, Oh no, nope, I got to fall. Down, down. Just fell down and yep. starts calling timeout. Like that's what not, I'm not saying I would have called timeout, but that's basically what I would have done if I was that guy. It's, it's like you ball, turn around, see that you're not going to get the first down, fall down, down yep. fall down. And there's, there's, I, I don't know. I explain this and I try and this makes sense to me in my brain is that there are certain there's two types of currency in football. One of them is points and one of them is time. And at different times during the game, the exchange rate is different. So at, during, the last, uh, during the last two minutes of a game, the, the points there are not as important for Iowa as the time is for Iowa. So time becomes significantly more valuable. So your, your whole frame of what football is changes Mm -hmm. where you're trying to just instantly eat as and chew as much time as you physically can independent of all other rules that you've been taught so if you get you know you're you're always taught you get down to the ground like pop yourself back up we got to go we got to get more you know we got to happen like that's the time you'd be lazy if if you're ever in that situation you get tackled you kind of like hang out and like put your arm up and like wait for someone to help you up and then like act all offended when nobody does and (laughs) Oh man, shoot. It's, it's nice down here. I don't need to get up like that. The, the urgency is yeah, gone. Yeah. So it, you like put your hand up and you're like, dang guys. Hey, shoot, man. Hey uh, guys, come get me. You maybe let out a groan. Like while you're getting up, you're like, Oh man, back to the old dusted trail. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. So on the punt, we have to talk about it. What's going through Daytron Young's head? Um, on the on, as as okay, schematically, what is the job of Daytron Young right there? Okay, so this is I I think there's enough mistakes to share around. It's just the most prevalent one that shows up is the one of those two hitting each other, mm-hmm. and the, it looks like Daytron Young is the one that's exclusively at fault. He's not exclusively at fault. Um, he shares a, a fair portion of it. Um, 
and again, coming from a guy, I, I admitted this, I, or admittedly, I have been in a position where I have directly contributed in a majority fashion to a loss. Been there. So what Daytron Young's job is, so let's, let's actually back, backtrack one more step. When Iowa State had the potential to get the ball back, they're, they elected to do, there's one of basically three things that you can do as a punt return team. You can actually come to block it, you can try and set up a return, and then you can just elect to just catch the ball under all circumstances. So there's kind of three main goals that they were going for. The risks and rewards on each. One is if you go after the kick and try and block it, that's your best chance of getting a touchdown out of that play. You can get yourself, you know, you block the kick, you recover it, you're automatically at worst case in field goal range. The risk is if you touch the kicker at all and don't a, touch the ball and don't touch the ball, then that's automatic first down, game's over. The risk outweighs the reward there. So block is off the table. A return, the advantage is if you do get a kick that's returnable, then you can get yourself in these kind of cheap yards, maybe eight or nine yards, which if you're gonna get, let's say you're gonna get 30 yards in the drive and you need 35. Okay, well, you're gonna, you just bought yourself nine less yards that your, your offense has to work because you've already created space in the return. The risk is exactly what happened. So your, your blocking guys are, so let me, the final third option is just catch it. Like you run a safe return. Which is what Iowa State usually does. Which is what does. Iowa State usually does. You run a safe return where essentially 10 guys' eyes are on the punter and whatever their responsibility for a fake is, granted, they're not going to fake it, but like in, in the circumstance where somebody gets a wild hair, you're just watching whatever option for a fake, and as soon as the guy releases, like say you're responsible for blocking the guard on the punt team, that guy's not going to end up, he's completely out of the option of a fake. Nothing he does matters. You just let him go. Because as soon as the ball leaves the foot, whatever the returner is, just fair catches it and you take it where you take it where you land. Mm -hmm. That was probably, again, retrospectively, that's probably the decision they should have gone with. But they didn't think that the risk of having Daytron Young hit Deshante Jones was substantial enough to even mitigate, to even do that. They trusted that those guys were going to execute efficiently. So the risk, again, back to this setting up a return, is that the blockers are now following their the punt return team is now following the punt cover team down the field to try and block them which means every cover guy is running towards the returner which means guys are being brought towards the returner so there's more trash now for the returner to see through or try and catch through while also trying to see the ball and catch it correct which is again a normal under normal circumstances is not a big deal and usually this type of thing is not going to happen but it did so what the responsibilities these guys are. So Deshante Jones, his job is to safely, for job number one is catch the ball. Job number two is advance the ball. So job number one, he's trying to get underneath the ball to catch it. If, so this is where he shares a portion of the blame. And maybe he was screaming this to the top of his lungs like bloody murder. But if you're coming towards the return team, it's really hard if you're a blocker, not even Daytron Young, if you're a blocker and you're trying to follow another person sprinting at full ass speed that you have to get in front of and they're wavering in their direction, you have no idea where they're going, you have to find the returner. So you have to kind of peep. So like you're running, you're looking at the returner and then for like one step, you look back and try and find your returner and your eyes get back on the guy you're trying to block. And just you do that, have to do that two or three times down the field to know where that guy's probably going to go. Cause if he turns right, you got to turn right. Um, so Deshante Jones, when he's doing that knows that peaking on when you're blocking is really hard to do, especially if you're on a dead ass sprint, like if Deshante, cause that punt pulled him really hard to his left. Mm -hmm. As you're doing that sound, even though it's noisy up, even though it's noisy on the stadium, you can usually hear that, especially at home is he's got to yell something. I don't know what their buzzword is. Ours was Peter. So like, that's what it is. I think is generally, if you just yell Peter or poison are the, the two words. And I don't know why they use those words, but I know why you'd use poison, but I know why you use Peter too. No one wants to touch a Peter. Yeah. But anyway, um, so he should be yelling at the top of his lungs, Peter, 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 which means when you hear that as a punk cover guy, you treat it like someone just shouted grenade yeah. and you just head as fast as you can to whatever sideline you are. If you're on the Iowa sideline, you run onto Iowa's bench like you would just get the hell out of the way because if a punt hits you, as we saw, even if you're not the returner, if the punt hits the return team, it is automatically a live fumble. Anybody can get on it. So Deshante Jones needs to yell so loud that Daytron Young at full speed can hear it and instantly pull off and just get to the sideline. Like trust the fact that 
I am not going to make this block doesn't matter anymore. It's just get out of the way. Yeah. So Deshante Jones shares some of the blame. The entire sideline shares some of the blame because did, did he signal fair catch? I think so. Yeah. So if he was signaling fair, I don't ca- think he was. He there was no return. I don't think so. There. And so if he's signaling fair catch, the entire sideline's job is to echo that call. As soon as he see the hand go up, you yeah. got to also on the sideline shout. Peter, 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 because then whenever a cover guy hears that word, again, it's grenade, run, get off the field. So Deshante Jones shares some of the fault. Daytron Young shares some of the fault. So it's looking when you're on that cover team, again, you're trying to find a guy and trying to get between you and the returner. So you're having to run full speed with some guy. This I will give another, this is giving number two the benefit of the doubt because he's in a really tough position just physically like one the guy that he's covering is the fastest dude in the team your your gunners the guy that he was blocking are the fastest guys on any one given team that can tackle so the the other thing about this a lot of guys on the punt cover team are going to take a direct path to the ball meaning you're going to take whatever if i if i can go right if i'm the punt cover guy i can go to my right or to my left either one is fine the guys that they're covering are that that daytron young is covering the gunners they're all the, the widest players are always going to take an outside release. They're a contained player. They're, they're a tackler and a contained player at the same time. So they always have to take an outside release. So Daytron Young is lined up on the left side of the field. The guy takes an outside release to Daytron Young's left. So he's running with the guy on his right shoulder. So he's trailing. He's, he's essentially, you're, you're in the left lane, left turn lane. The guy you're trying to follow is in the right turn lane. So <laughs> you're following him at about three yards behind and one yard to the side, which means he's looking to the right. Deshante Jones is coming from his left at like 45 degrees. So he's never going to see him because he, if in order to take his peak as he's blocking the guy, he has to turn his head at a full speed run about 90 degrees to his left to find Deshante Jones. And then somehow at a full speed run, get his eyes back to the guy that is now running at probably 10, five speed in front of him. That's a really hard thing to do that fast. So by the time he did, would have probably peaked to find Deshante, Deshante is running full speed towards him. So he has no real opportunity to know where Deshante is unless he takes a peek early to see that ball's moving. So it's a really bad position for him to be in. He's just, it's tough. Should he have been able to peek or hear Deshante saying, Peter, 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 Yes, that should have happened. Otherwise, it would happen all the time. Like if two people run into each other, if it's that easy to have happen, it should have happened, you know, it should happen once a week, but it doesn't. So it was a a kind of, again, a shit happens, but also there's preventable errors, which starts with probably just run safe return. Just catch the ball. Let Brock Purdy do it. Again, armchair quarterbacking, it's a little bit easier to say that now than it was then because you, again, you're doing a risk analysis. You never predict that to happen, ever. Also, in all of the time that we've been watching this program under Matt Campbell, I think they've had one legitimate punt punt return in four years. Mm -hmm. And that was Trevor Ryan against Kansas, which, again, is Kansas. And that was Kansas two years ago. So that was, like, even worse. Extra bad Kansas. Yeah, that was extra bad Kansas. That was Kansas with, like, 65 scholarship players, Kansas. And uh, all the rest of the time, they just – do the punt safe safe return and that's like that's where i was sitting there i was like man kind of a weird time to try and put on your return again you're, you're trying to give yourself I get it, but seven it's like, eight yards but yeah. again yeah it, it and maybe they did yeah and may, I, I, I don't know what happened maybe they did and daytron young just didn't get the call right yeah and he was thinking it was return and he was the only one blocking i haven't watched it back yet but if if they were to just safely have returned that ball and again if is a terrible thing to do but if they were to have caught that ball i have full confidence they would have gone down which kind of springboards me in the next point. Um, this team in about five weeks is going to be an absolute buzzsaw, in my opinion. And I think we... Unfortunately, s- they don't have five weeks. They got a big one in two weeks. They got a big one a week from Saturday. With? With Baylor. Baylor. Yeah. 2.30 kick on ABC. Announced so, today. Well, either I th- they will be better then than they are now. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking by the time you get to the end of the conference season, which again, this the Campbell staff at, at Toledo and at Iowa State... They're going to build to November. They're going to build to December. They're going to be better on November 15th than they are right now. Uh, you hope that that happens for Baylor, by the, that, that significant steps of improvement happens before then, and they can learn these lessons quickly, which I believe that they will do. I think you can safely say that this team is drastically better than last year's team was on September 16th. And it, I mean, if, 
it's not even close to better, how much better it is than mm-hmm. the, the team two years ago and three years ago mm-hmm. was on September 16th. So they're going to improve. Um, and I think the more they figure themselves out, the better off they're going to be. Because, you know, you, you've now kind of whittle, winnowed down um, who your play receivers are, right? Like you kind of have an idea. Like Deshante Jones is going to be somewhere that possession receivers, that Julian Edelman, find space, catch the ball, get, you know, seven to 10 yards after the catch. And sometimes throw at 50 yards. And sometimes throw at 50 yards, former quarterback. And then you're, you have guys like Tariq Milton, who's, who's your speed. He's your big play guy. You have a guy like Petway, who is a phys, your, your physical just... If you are going to have probably a red zone target, it's going to be probably him. And you're starting to develop these and feel out what the offense is going to be like. Running game is starting to get established. You don't really have a true running back yet, but Kane looks like the guy if he's healthy. That potentially could be the guy. You have, a, but regardless, you have three other dudes that are really capable running backs, and you have a quarterback that's really composed. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they're set. Like they, we know what we're going to get out of the defense. It's the special teams mistakes, which you have a kicker who is is Asali still a walk on. Yes, if I, I believe so. So you have a walk-on kicker and a backup punter are your two guys that are making contact with the ball. So your, your special teams are going to figure themselves out or you can find a way to mitigate them. So at least the, at least the long snapper situation's in a good spot. Yep. He's good. But he, he's real good. But you know what I mean? Like the, the, the problems that they have are problems that you would expect them to have that they can now work through. Um, so... The positive for this, they still made mistakes on third downs when they shouldn't have. The special teams were pretty bad for Iowa State. Um, but going forward, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be excited yeah. for what this team is going to look like, hopefully by Baylor, but middle, middle to end of October, into November, into December. And let's be honest, getting through this game, this is when it really starts now. Like, this is when you can really look at it and be like, all right, we got through this thing. We lost whatever. They could win a lot more games after this, and it still can be a successful season, and they didn't beat Iowa. Mm-hmm. Like, this, and, and that's what Coach Campbell said after the game. This does not define their season. And it, it never has. I mean, no. they've, they've gone 2-10 and 10 and beat Iowa, and I didn't sit there at the end of the season and be like, well, at least they beat Iowa. It's just, this was a successful year. No, they went two and 10. Well, and then on the flip side, again, Iowa, when they went to the Rose Bowl and they got, or yeah, the Rose Bowl and they got smacked by Stanford, that was the same year. Like they went 11 and one. No, that was a, uh, or they went 12 and oh, sorry. Yeah, that they, was, no, the year they, when they was went to the Orange Bowl the and they Orange lost to Carson Palmer. Yeah. That was when they lost to Seneca. 2002. Yeah. And they were, that was the only loss they had. Yeah. They won the big 10. Right. That was the year. Sorry. Wrong one. That was the year. And so they lost to Iowa state then, and they went 11 one. I think everyone considered that a successful season. Mm-hmm. So neither team needs this game. The fans value it way more than the schedule does. So it, you know, you wish you had it. I, everybody does. Cause they have that Hawk fan that they were talking trash to that Hawk fans talking trash to them that you wish you just had the upper hand for. Yeah, I tweeted out this morning. Uh, there was 27 signups to to work through on the forums. Three of them were from China. Uh, two of them were Cyclone fans. 22 of them were people either in Iowa City or with Hawks in the username. Did you block them? Well, no, I I let them go. If the, they can come in and do what they want, if they get themselves banned, that ain't on me. But. <laughs> You know, like I'll, I'll let them in if they can be responsible individuals, then they then they can stay. But if they can't, then their 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 stay will not last very long, and they're going to get banned. How do you feel? Like I mean, we don't know anything about Louisiana Monroe. I don't know anything. Took about Florida State to the brink. Florida, Florida State sucks. Not good. Florida State's real bad. Not good. Did who'd they play this week? I don't know, but they blew a huge lead to Boise State in Tallahassee two weeks ago. Yeah, and then nearly lost to Monroe. And they played here. I'm going to look. I just, just so that we at least know something. We can state another fact about Louisiana Monroe besides the fact that they are the Warhawks. One of the great uh, called NCAA football dynasty options. Yeah, lost 45-44 to UL Monroe or to Florida State in Tallahassee. Got a 31-9 win over Grambling to open the season. Whew. I'm sure that was a sure that was a fun one yeah Florida State went on the road to Charlottesville and lost to Virginia yeah on Saturday so they are now one and two 
Man, Willie Taggart's going to be in some trouble. He probably already there. is. In year two. Probably already is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, man. Thanks for coming in. We'll I, talk to you again next week. Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of optimism. I would say it's disappointedly optimistic. Yeah. We're like, you wish you had this game. Um, there are still problems that were lingering from you and I that didn't get fixed. But if there's any staff in the country that you would feel more comfortable with solving a problem, maybe it's Dabo, maybe it's Saban. I don't think Saban's that good of a coach. I think he's just good at getting good people and, and, then, and, and recruiting. But like that, that staff is good. Yeah. I mean, how many head coaches, successful head coaches they popped off? Kirby Smart. Anyway, <laughs> McElwain. I, yeah, I, my point proven. Florida? My point proven. He got fired at Florida. Oh, never mind. But what? Jeremy Pruitt's going to get fired now? Whatever. Um, but you have a few guys, a few staffs that you would trust with correcting mistakes quickly more yeah. than this Campbell staff. Right. So they're going to get them fixed. Even if they were prevalent, they're present from you and I to Iowa, they will be fixed. It may be not by ULM. Maybe they still struggle on third down in the red or in the red zone against ULM, but they start to figure it out. By the time Baylor rolls around, hopefully they get it figured out. And then the, you know the, the problems as far as like sustaining drives down on third down and long. Like the the situ the, the problems that they're having right now will be fixed later. So I'm disappointed that they didn't get the win now, mm-hmm. but I'm optimistic and comfortable with where they are going to be going in the future. So would we have liked to have it? Yes, absolutely. Am I mad that, am I disappointed where they are? Not really. For sure. All right, we'll talk to you again next week. Hopefully we'll be able to stream. Hopefully we will have to have the shoes here. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your week.